Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. David here. This is obviously a fast-moving, fast-developing story. But the latest development that we have now learned that President Trump is going to be moved to Walter Reed Medical Center, where he, according to his White House spokeswoman, is going to be spending a few days and working out of the presidential offices there. She says it's out of an abundance of caution, but this is nothing short of historic. The president of the United States is now going to be hospitalized with coronavirus. The continuity of government issues, the health issues, the political issues obviously will all play into this. But at its core, President Donald Trump is now being hospitalized with coronavirus. And now here's the analysis that we recorded earlier today before this latest development. In the wee hours of the morning, President Trump confirmed to the world on Twitter that he and the First Lady had tested positive for coronavirus. Obviously, this is an enormous story, but nothing is more important than the health of the President and the First Lady, and I can't express my wishes enough for both of them to have a very speedy and complete recovery. But it is a mammoth news story. It has ramifications in every direction, whether it is issues concerning about continuity of government when you're dealing with the president's health. Obviously, we are just a month away from Election Day, so the reverberations politically are huge. And this virus has been the definitional moment of this presidency over the course of the last seven months. So it coming home to the White House in this way is also astonishingly poignant. Here's what you need to keep in mind. At this moment, the president seems to be continuing some function of his job. We're hearing from all of his representatives that he is eager to continue to work. But the one event on his schedule today, it was Mike Pence, the vice president, who stood in for him and gave sort of a health report to those gathered on this call that was actually about the coronavirus, a pre-scheduled event, and its impact on seniors. So rich with irony there, obviously. But Mike Pence stood in for the president at that event and said, I know you're all hoping to hear from the president who is doing well at this time. And just a reminder, hearing the vice president say at this time, this is going to be a moving story. And we wish the president a speedy and complete recovery. But he is on a journey now, a journey that millions of Americans have been on and to all varying degrees of outcomes. This is the most serious health event facing a sitting president since Ronald Reagan was shot back in 1981. We did hear from White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows this morning with this update. They remain in good spirits. Uh, the president does have mild symptoms, and as, uh, as we look to try to uh, make sure that not only his health and safety and welfare is good, we continue to look at that for all of the American people. Uh, he, uh, he continues to be not only in good spirits, but very energetic. The question swirling around in everyone's head also is, how did this come to be? Now, we don't know. And every health expert will tell you it is near impossible to pinpoint how somebody contracts 
the virus to pinpoint exactly uh, what went on there. But that's why contact tracing is a critical component to what every health expert has been saying for months is required. And you're watching a sort of real-time live contact tracing program take place before your eyes as this story unfolds. So we know that the president's close aide, Hope Hicks, received a positive result. The president was even tweeting about this yesterday while awaiting his and the first lady's test results that obviously did come back positive. Well, the question becomes, if Hope Hicks understood that she was positive on Wednesday, if that's when that information came back to Hope Hicks, she had been in debate prep in a small enclosed environment without masks with the president. She traveled with the president to Cleveland to the debate. She traveled with the president and his staff on Air Force One to Minnesota the day after the debate. And then she isolates on Air Force One because she's not feeling well and gets a test result. And the president still moves forward with going to his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey for a fundraiser yesterday despite the fact that he knows he was potentially exposed to somebody who had tested positive. So there's a whole question here also about what is the responsibility of how the West Wing is operating? The responsibility of how the president has potentially put at risk the staff that is actually running the executive branch of the country is one piece of this. But obviously there is also the president's own public dismissal for seven months now of the science and is now himself facing this medical crisis. So the question becomes, does this in some way alter how Donald Trump deals with the coronavirus outbreak? You know, we we say time and again, Donald Trump at 74 years old is not somebody who sort of turns over a new leaf. He is who he is and has been for decades. He hasn't demonstrated to us ever that there's a real interest or desire to sort of change his ways. So I don't think we should expect that here, but I think that that is a question that that hangs over this since so much of why he is in an uphill battle for re-election is about his handling of the coronavirus. Does actually contracting it change him in some way? Again, hard to imagine that it does. Here's what else matters today on this story. The campaign itself, as we were just referencing. What does this mean for the campaign? Well, right now, the campaign on the Trump side is basically on hold. This is the statement from Bill Stepien, the campaign manager. Also, by the way, one of those aides, maskless, in the room with the president doing debate prep. He put out a statement. It says, all previously announced campaign events involving the president's participation are in the process of being moved to virtual events or are being temporarily postponed. In addition... Previously announced events involving members of the first family are also being temporarily postponed. They'll look at everything in a case-by-case basis. They say Vice President Pence will continue with his campaign schedule after testing negative. But when you're four weeks out, just over four weeks out from Election Day, and the candidate, the president running for re-election is now sidelined, and maybe could be for a, for some time, for a couple weeks, depending on the protocols that are followed, that is no small thing. Joe Biden, for his part, he and his wife announced this morning that they tested negative for the coronavirus. So there was little concern and obviously a lot of relief when the actual test came back showing them negative. We've heard nothing yet about any real changes to the Biden campaign plan, whether it is with campaign activities or advertising or what have you. But let's be real here, folks. This is a hugely dramatic, interruptive development in the presidential race, first of all. 
there are two more future presidential debates on the calendar. And remember, the next presidential debate is still within that 14-day window from when Donald Trump got his positive test back. So will he really show up on a debate stage with Joe Biden? Will Joe Biden want to do that? That's a question that lingers. The campaign itself, what are the rules of the road here? Is it inappropriate for Joe Biden to be out there campaigning or have his negative ads up critiquing President Trump's handling of the coronavirus while the president is convalescing and trying to get over illness? Is that going to be seen as fair game? Or are people going to say, no, of course he should continue? All the more important that he draw the contrast with Donald Trump and make the case that Donald Trump's mismanagement of the virus is the thing that this campaign is about. That is tricky terrain. And again, it's uncharted waters here because we're not really sure how candidates are supposed to behave in this. But the overall point is, as I have said many, many times on this podcast, Donald Trump would like every day to try and make this campaign about something other than coronavirus. His handling of coronavirus has been his kryptonite in this political campaign season. It is what brought his numbers down. It is what put him into the underdog position in this presidential race, making his reelection battle an uphill climb. And this ensures if the pandemic in and of itself was was not enough in your mind to think that it was going to be the issue of this campaign, which it was. But a Supreme Court nomination or a violent night in an American city or four days of a Republican convention about law and order, they weren't all enough to really permanently change the campaign conversation and the essence of what this campaign is about away from the global pandemic. Well, now that the president of the United States tested positive for COVID, my God, this is the coronavirus campaign. There is nothing the president is going to be able to do about that. And finally, Amy Coney Barrett, the president's nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court, We have now learned herself tested positive for coronavirus back in the summer. She recovered. Her husband apparently did so as well and recovered. And in addition to learning that information about the nominee, we're also starting to learn about people who were present in the Rose Garden just a week ago, last Saturday, for the announcement of Coney Barrett as the nominee, who are testing positive, such as... Senator Mike Lee of Utah, he sits on the Judiciary Committee. He said today that he has tested positive. He just met with Amy Coney Barrett. Look at the video. They're standing without masks less than six feet apart from each other in their meet and greet. Again, we now learned that she did indeed have it, and she has been tested every day as part of her nomination process and, again, tested negative today. But will folks on Capitol Hill some of whom who were present at that meeting, will these senators continue to want to hold their sort of courtesy visits with her in advance of her hearings getting started? Remember that the Republicans wanted to get these hearings going and move this nomination through before the election, that they wanted this to be a freight train. Well, Democrats today already, Schumer, Feinstein, calling for a delay here. Slow it down. Lindsey Graham, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, was on the phone with the president this morning. He said all systems go. Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, said he spoke to the president today and that the president was totally on board with moving ahead with the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. So right now, confirmation hearings are scheduled to start up on Capitol Hill the week after next, the week of October 12th. It is hard to imagine that this does not somehow complicate, especially if more members of the Judiciary Committee come out with positive COVID tests the way Mike Lee did, how this doesn't have some delay aspect to this moving forward and being wrapped up fully before 
the election day. But that is another piece of this story now to watch because of A, how much spreading may have existed at that event in the Rose Garden where a lot of folks weren't wearing masks last Saturday and what that means then for the way in which Coney Barrett goes through the confirmation process. That does it for this edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.